Are you a pant girl? Because I'm a pant girl. I love me a good flare leg. That's why you have to shop 620. It's a luxury sportswear brand for women who value style and comfort equally. I love the flare with flare. It's my favorite. And I also love the no halo pant. You should also check out her jackets. The past, the mustard, and the country glamour jacket are amazing. Make sure you use code black and fashion when you shop 620 style. Can't wait to see you ladies walking down the street with your flare pants. Welcome to episode 58 of the Black and Fashion podcast this week i am joined by marquise foster um he was on project runway marquise say hello hello everybody hello hello thank you for listening of course thanks so much so i'm gonna jump right in um i have this little thing uh called this or that and you just tell me which one you prefer over the other okay okay all right trenches or motorcycle jackets um motorcycle jackets button downs or polos button downs jeans or slacks um i'm gonna go with slacks leather or suede leather nice okay love now my first segment is called it's a look um is there anybody in the media that you felt like just like came through this week um and that um you were inspired by um, I would definitely say some of the uh RuPaul Drag Race. Um, I've been watching that lately. Um, and some of like the gowns that they've been presenting on the show, um, uh, like Jada Essence Hall, um, ha- actually been kind of inspiring for me, um, to kind of get back into like designing gowns and dresses and stuff. Um, something that I haven't really done in a while. So that's something that really has, you know, kind of wowed me this weekend, I would say. Nice. Okay, so tell me about the first item you ever created. And do you remember the feeling um, that you had after you finished it? Yeah, so the first item I ever made was this um, mixed print type dress that I did in high school. I wanted to... um, apply for FIDM and we had to create a project and that was my project creating a dress. So I created the dress, which was inspired by my favorite designer at the time, Roberto Cavalli. It was this mixed print gown dress situation with like faux leather in the bodice area and braided straps. I made that dress and after being completed fully, you know, the whole feeling of being accomplished within this one project was just so dope and overwhelming that, you know, I wanted to do more. So that kind of like sparked my interest in wanting to do women's wear and create beautiful pieces that, you know, when you're walking down the street, they just flows and movements and all kind of different vibes. So, um, yeah, that was my first piece. That's amazing. So what actually inspired you to become a designer? Um, what's inspired me really was just seeing people and what they were wearing. Um, I always wanted to kind of change the vibes of what I seen people wearing walking down the street. 
you know, like, what if she's wearing this or what if he's wearing that? And then within thinking those ideas, I then decided to kind of bring them to life. So that really inspired me to want to become a fashion designer, studying what people were wearing down the streets. Um, What would you say was your biggest struggle when you first started out? My biggest struggle is definitely tongue-tied right now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Would have to be me not knowing the true techniques needed to kind of pull these ideas together. So being self-taught, you know, I have to rely on learning from other sources other than school and not knowing like how to properly put together a, a bodice or how to make a circle skirt or any of those things that I wanted to create, how to do those things. Um, it really was a setback for me because I, you know, had to take time out to learn before I wanted to bring those ideas to life. Um, so for me, that was my biggest struggle, I would say. Gotcha. Um, you are a custom wear designer so far. So do you, um, and that's what you kind of like want to stay in that lane. We gave them like a little, a little brief um, peekaboo uh, on the Instagram live this week. And you spoke a lot about that. Would you say, uh, what are the major keys to like clienteling and like being relatable to the clients? Um, you know, is it easy to uh, retain clients? Um, I do find it is easy to retain clients because you're giving them a service of something exclusive and they will want to return for those services because you know how you made them feel so having a custom piece can you know tell us its own story because it's all all the customers and no one else in the world has it and building that relationship with the customer um is very important so that it ensures you know that customer will come back you know, say if you have this customer and, you know, they're not sure what they want, but you kind of can guide them to a style that best fits for them and it makes them feel great, they're most likely going to return for something even more. So making sure you have a a good relationship with your customer and just kind of understanding what your customer wants and needs will make you, you know, a better designer within being a custom designer for the customers who want those one-of-a-kind pieces. Gotcha. For for your custom work, do you allow the, the client to tell you what they want or do you require that they give you complete creative control? Um, sometimes it's 50-50 depending on what the project is. So, for example, if, you know, some people want specific things from in a wedding to wear to a wedding, like, you know, a blue suit. So within that blue suit, you know, it's the basics of the blue suit. Sometimes customers were like, you know, do your thing, just make it blue or do your thing or just make it black, whatever the case may be. So it just depends on the customer. I don't, I would say I don't have that many customers that, won't allow me to put my creative spin on things, which I love. Um, But I also don't allow customers who want to 
who want me to mimic other designers designs that's something that i will never do or you know will fall, feel comfortable doing um so yeah that makes sense um so i have another segment it's called it's a success or it's a disaster um can you tell me about a time you had a like a disaster with a client but it turned into a success maybe something that you learned and you like maybe changed your business model because of it mm -hmm. um let's see one client i would say that i had a little disaster with was creating um this style of jacket that I was doing back in the day, well, not back in the day, but a few years back that, you know, was hot at the moment and it was dope at the moment for when I made it, but trying to, you know, make it again within like the timely manner because of a lot of things going on within my life. Um, I just didn't get it done in the time that it was needed to be. So having that, pressure of you know it needs to be done by this day and time um kind of made everything a little bit shaky within me and the customer um because it was again a lot of things going on with me at the time so i wanted to kind of like still please them but also you know take care of what's going on with me and I just didn't get it done in time. So me and the customer had a little fallout. But I've learned from that to stick by what I tell someone. Um, tell someone. If I tell them that I can get it done at a specific date or time, I should be able to, you know, live to that. Um, and if I can't, it's okay to say no. And that's sometimes, you know, I have that problem of saying no to customers. Um, well, I got that problem too. Yeah, <laughs> saying <laughs> that's it's so difficult. It is because you want to please everybody, and you want to also, you know, feed your income. Um, and saying no, sometimes people get disappointed, and because they really want that piece in it to be made specifically by you. So, learning to say no to customers—that's something that I had to like master because that one incident i just didn't want it to happen again that makes sense would you say that like your success um it was very rapid for you or do you feel like um it was like a slow motion thing like have you ever felt like it wasn't moving fast enough or did you feel like it, it you know it happened really fast um i would say it was a slow process um really within just getting recognition from you know, your peers with your brand. A lot of times when you tell people you're a designer, they don't fully understand, you know, that you're a designer making clothes, selling and this and that. They just think that, you know, you're a designer and that's it. You know, there's nothing behind it. It's something easy and whatever the case may be is. So it took like a few years to actually just get recognition for me being a designer and the hard work that I put into creating and trying to get my brand and name out there um yeah it, it definitely didn't come you know within a fast pace it took definitely years and hard work to get to the point where i am today makes sense 
would you say like when it comes to working with um, more so celebrity clients um, or celebrity stylists, do you feel it's harder to satisfy them? Like the expectation in the bar is a little higher? Um, yes, it definitely is higher for, you know, the celebrities. But they're just people. Yeah, too. they're people. <laughs> but within the celebrities, their standards well, the stylists, I would say, their standards are just so high above sometimes normal that, you know, sometimes it's impossible to kind of compete with the major houses. So, for example, you know, I've been approached for um, to do, what was that, the, the Wu-Tang Clan reunion tour and mm-hmm. make some of their, you know, jackets and stuff. And this was a right around the time that I had got the call for Project Runway. And the person needed the jackets, like five jackets. No, it was the Rough Rider tour. Rough Rider tour. And the person needed the... Oh, I want to go on the Rough Rider tour. <laughs> and the, yeah. yeah. So it was like, you know, for all the, the members, Eve and all of them, and needing the jackets um, within like a three-day turnaround. So that's like five five to six leather jackets at that um, within a three-day turnaround and having to compete with, you know, people being able to just go pull it from a store versus you getting the credit for these, you know, designs kind of is um, a little frustrating in a way, but it kind of pushes your drive to be able to want to become that one day. I feel like with some designers, it's like a, it's a in-between. Like some of them really just want to see their stuff on like, you know, the everyday people. Then there's some, they're like, you know, inspired to be, you know, a celebrity designer or a celebrity um, stylist. And I guess you just got to find like who your niche is. Um, I know that it seems like with some designers, like that's always the dream is to have it on the celebrity. Whereas like, for me, I literally have no intention on putting anything on a celebrity. Yeah. Like it's just like I literally target my audience to the the multifaceted right, woman, right. like that woman who she's behind. She is she got some money because it ain't yeah. cheap. Uh, but she's behind the scenes. Maybe she's like a record exec or she's like an author or something like that. So it's very interesting. I think the take on like who people want their actual target consumer. To yeah, be. for me, I'm open for all. You know, all, the all of it. Because I find that, you know, we're also making history and making our marks. So for those people, the next generation who wants to become designers, they need to see us in the forefront. And a lot of times this is how we get to the forefront. You know, being the main clothes in a music video or the main clothes in a movie because that's something that i also want to do become a costume designer for movies and hopefully win a emmy for you know best costume design for a movie um that's why i'm grateful i had got the opportunity to work on legendary the hbo show um and and make costumes on set so um being able to just have more black faces in those settings, I think that it will give our future for black designers to have something to look at. You know, we see all this other brands and white brands thrown into our faces in videos and, and commercials and 
all it is. Why can't we be that? You know, just like the the first Playboy Bunny outfit was made by a black a black woman. You know, so yeah, I know. <laughs> you know having that mentality of seeing us more in these films and mu- music videos is something that you know I, I wouldn't mind, and I'll starve any um, entrepreneur to kind of see more of us in these settings. Are you a pant girl? Because I'm a pant girl. I love me a good flare leg. That's why you have to shop 620. It's a luxury sportswear brand for women who value style and comfort equally. I love the flare with flare. It's my favorite. And I also love the no halo pant. You should also check out her jackets. The past, the mustard, and the country glamour jacket are amazing. Make sure you use code black and fashion when you shop 620 style. Can't wait to see you ladies walking down the street with your flare pants. Totally off topic, but what kind of dog um, do you oh, have? Oh, I have a snoodle. Okay, I was like, you don't like us conversation. You're not giving him no attention. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I hear him in the background, like, "Hey, what you doing?" <laughs> yeah, That's funny. So, what was um, what was your favorite? Like, as we were talking about the costumes and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, and the different projects that you got to work on, what was your favorite project? I guess thus far that you've done in the Um, it would definitely have to be legendary. Um, the show on okay. HBO. Because it's about ballroom, um, I'm also in ballroom, so I was able to create. You could no, it? well, bought the house in ballroom, so the, oh. um, you know, the big competition that you without yeah. the program. I was just asking you, could you ballroom? Oh no, dance? I'm just curious. <laughs> I wish I go on to uh, one of them dancing shows or something. Um, but being on the set with other ballroom people and being able to create something, some outfits and effects, which I usually do for balls uh, when I walk or create something for someone else. And being able to network with a lot of different producers and stylists and a lot of different people. That for me, I felt like it was the most rewarding thing that I've done so far. Um, Because the feeling each day was just so so powerful for me being on a set of a hbo um new series and being able to create these outfits and garments of people going out there to perform you know that's that yeah that's for sure my all-time uh moment of success i would say gotcha on um Thursday, we talked a little bit about just like, you know, education and like mentoring, like the youth and stuff. Um, why do you feel it's so important to educate, inspire and mentor youth? Um, and what's the biggest piece of advice you can give? Um, so for me, definitely mentoring the youth is just, you know, so that they can have someone that they can see um, doing something. Sometimes when you come from a community that isn't, you know, lavish with, you know, booming businesses and rich neighbors and, you know, grass or trees, you tend to not see yourself in these type of settings. So I want to give students those type of hopes of, you know, if I want to be a designer, I see a black designer in front of me, you know, let me learn from him and how he move about this business. Because, you know, I didn't have a lot of that growing up, seeing black designers here and there and how they move. So I definitely wanted to give that back to 
um, kids that I'm teaching and anyone else for that matter that is, you know, willing to listen or learn. I love that. I love that. What's your uh what's what's your favorite subject to teach? Is it sewing, pattern making, draping? Like what's like your like your go-to? Like which one do you prefer? Um, you have it? Drawing? Uh, it would definitely be the sewing. Um because okay. that's what I first kind of mastered was the sewing machine. And creating those straight lines sometimes can be you know, insane. And I even see it with my students and I'm reminiscing how I started and couldn't sew straight at all. Like literally couldn't sew straight. And now being able to, you know, sew straight without pins and just zoom through fabrics and things like that. So sewing would definitely have, would be my go-to within, you know, starting classes. You know what's crazy? I've been sewing since I was eight years old, and my ass still can't sew without <laughs> pins. It just depends on what I get. I think it just depends on what it is. But a lot of times, I'm just like, no, or like when I do do it, it always <laughs> like I'm just like, as long as I've been sewing, I've been sewing for almost twenty years. And the moments where I'm just like, I don't have time to pin this, I just got to keep mm-hmm. going forward. Those be the times it always <laughs> gets jacked up, and that's crazy. It's been twenty years, and I still ain't mastered <laughs> that damn skill yet. <laughs> I like, I'm just, I just got really upset about that. <laughs> That is funny. So I just feel like you've uh, accomplished so much. So, you know, already, um, what are like your short term and your long term goals? Um, So my short term goals for right now is to build a collection that, you know, really represent what Marquise Foster is all about. Um, And when I say collection, I want to build like a, 25 to 30 piece collection, um, 30 looks collection to just be able to promote those pieces like heavily for like a year because I don't want to keep putting out a collection after collection after collection because it becomes a waste if I don't have a sponsor or funding to be able to, you know, supply my needs. So thinking that Mm -hmm. putting out this big collection and just market it heavily throughout the whole year and promoted and you know lend out pieces and things like that just to be able to find those different sponsors and um people who are going to invest into the brand um that's my short term and for my long term would definitely be um to be able to be fully established as a custom luxury brand um one-stop shop custom designs and many different clients and yeah just like the dapper dan i would say that's kind of who i'm modeling that um vibe after would you um say that you feel like you know because you're talking about putting out collections would you say that like doing fashion shows these days is more of a headache um and not as profitable as maybe they should be it's just really just like a showcase do you find that it's even necessary to do fashion shows every time you put out a collection or if there are like other innovative ways of putting your things out there without having to go through like that mm-hmm. portion of it um i would say it's 50 50 because if it's a well-known fashion show or a fashion show where you know you may not have 
been to that state or city, you can gain new followings and gain new customers that way. People can start to see your brand even more. But there are also other ways that you can also promote your brand, um, your fashion collection. You can do, you know, uh, seeing recently a, a virtual type fashion show from a black designer where all, yeah, all of was walking yes. down the runway, no bodies and everything. You know, you can do something like that. You can do presentations, have the model just stand in one spot and have people view the collections. You know what's crazy? My PR, my mm-hmm. PR girl who did the Hanifa show, that's, that's oh, nice. who does my PR. <laughs> yeah, literally, oh, same team. So <laughs> yeah. Um, I need to get me a PR person. For real, yeah, I think they're so worth it. I did speak about it with um, one of my episodes. I did it with the girl who, the other girl who does uh, Hanifa uh-huh. stuff. It's a team of them. So one of them, she specifically works on my brand. The other one, he, who's like the the one who, who was in charge when we started the company, uh-huh. she's a black woman too. Um, I did an episode with her, uh, the brand strategy episode, and she was just talking about how, you know, designers, we, you know, sometimes we are, we scared to let go of our babies and give it and put it else in some and put it into somebody else's hands, you know, and that we're so close attached to it that it's sometimes difficult to like be able to convey our message and what we want to someone else and for them to take it on. But how it is very beneficial to have a brand strategist. And I just let Mango like maybe in March where I gave it to her and her team. And I'm just like, okay, do 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 your thing, cause whatever, if you're doing it right, I'm gonna make money from it. If you're doing it wrong, then right. it's not worth the investment. But I do think that it is. I right. don't have any complaints. Yeah, okay. yeah I definitely yeah. yeah. So my last segment is called uh, mm-hmm. Fashion Inspo, um, and I just want you to, you know, if you have like a book or an exhibit or a reading or anything like that, um, that has inspired you, and you think that someone else should take a look at it, um, it could get yeah, it could be an article, it could be a book, um museum installation anything like that um so i do have one big inspiration that i go to time to time for different uh, design inspiration which is um the met gala's book from which collection was that um it's leaving me right now the last met gala inspiration do you remember last year's thing? Yeah. The Met Gala. Yes. The theme? Oh, Lord. I can't remember the name of the thing, but I know what the dresses look <laughs> so, like. Yeah, I have, <laughs> let me see if I can find it real quick. Because I have that book. And so every time that I go mm-hmm. for any type of inspiration, I kind of go to that book. Um, yeah. Let me see. Yeah, I want another name of I don't know. I was like, I'm trying to think. I'd have no clue what the name of that is. Um, it is leaving my mind right now. I'm like drawing blanks. It's like I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look <laughs> it up and put it in the show notes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna look it up, put it in the show notes. That way you guys can go check it out. But it's definitely the last Met Gala inspiration book. Um was that 2019 yeah. then? Yeah, 2019. Okay, but yeah, I'll look up the name of it and put it in. 
But all right, so thank you so much for joining me, my friends. It was no a problem. pleasure. I just want to, like, I just want to no hop problem. in your business a little bit, maybe inspire, uh, motivate someone else, just get like more in depth questions and stuff. So thank you so much for joining no me. I really thank you for you. having me. Of course. Uh, if you just want to throw out like your social media handle so everyone knows like where to follow you and like to shop with you and how to reach out to uh, maybe get yeah, a custom so piece made. It's Marquise Foster on IG. Um, or Twitter. You can also find me at marquisefoster.com. Amazing. All right. Thank you so much. As I always no say, stay Thank you. Is black. What you looking Masking is black. What you looking Masking is black. What you looking Masking is black. What you looking at?